Very, very quiet. I mean, that was a rousing round of applause. I appreciated that. That was nice. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Good Andrea. afternoon, everyone. I'm Andrea Trenquist, and I'm here with Ron Riley. This is the Best Coast Business Toast. Hey there. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We have an amazing guest today, Jeff Buckingham of Digital West. Um, in case you guys don't know, we've been doing this since January, the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. So um, without further ado, we have Jocelyn Brennan with the Chamber of Commerce here to start us off as well. So if you guys have any questions or any emails, please feel free to call in or email us and we'll be happy to answer any questions you may have. Awesome, awesome. Hey Jocelyn, how are we doing? I am great, good to be here. Thank you for having me again, this is so fun. <laughs> You're fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to have uh, a recurring guest that uh, will go along with, with the shenanigans. Great. <laughs> well, well, thank you. And um, uh, we're making a little time in between a couple of big, important meetings, I think. Um, you want to talk a little bit about what's going on in, in Grover Beach? There's a couple of different things, including last night's council meeting and then, and then another council meeting tonight in another city. Right, yeah. Well, right now what we're seeing is a lot of the city councils are trying so hard to help the businesses. We see the state um, offering a, a, you know, a, a grant as well. And of course, we've had a lot of federal, we've had the PPP and the EIDL from the, the feds. But uh, on a local level, they're able to assist the businesses um, in a, you know, a more real-time way. It doesn't take you know, months to, um, to actually get a check. And so we've seen Grover Beach do a lot. And so last night I gave an economic development update to them. And we talked a lot about uh, the four rounds of micro grants that they've done. Um, just I think last week we launched the Buy Local Grover Beach program where if you spend $100 in Grover Beach, it can be cumulative. You don't have to spend it all at one store. Um, but if you shop or dine or for beer tasting or wine tasting outdoors, of course. Um, or if you uh, go to a salon or personal care service or fitness gym or something like that, it can add up to $100. You upload your receipts to SouthCountyChambers.com and you can choose um, a gift card for $25 will be mailed to you. If you spend $200, you can get two. So uh, we gave them an update on that program. There's already been $11,600 in spending. So we're really excited about that for the local economy. Yeah. In one uh, week. What's that? In one In week. One week. In one week, yeah. So it, it, it works. It, it's a multiplier effect. So, you know, if everyone spends $100 and we give away all these gift cards, I think I calculated it's almost like $300,000 to the economy. So it's right. a really smart way to give them sort of a shot in the arm to get through hopefully these last few phases of COVID. Mm -hmm. And then we also will be doing some tourism marketing um, for Grover Beach and really getting them on the map as a, as a cool destination um, that they are. And then we will also be doing some workforce uh, training and retention, Grover Beach residents and Grover Beach employees. So that was last night. And then tonight, um, the Arroyo Grande City Council is yeah. considering um, a COVID relief package or program. So they've got a bunch of stuff before their city council. They're looking at doing another round of uh, micro grants or uh, business assistance grants. They're looking at a um, shop local gift card reward program. Um, they're also looking at doing a resiliency grant, which would really help those businesses convert things to online sales, digital marketing, things like that to make them more competitive and resilient for you know, times such as this. Um, they're also looking at a business beautification grant. They're looking at retraining. They're also looking at a COVID superstar program, which would mean rewarding those businesses that are really you know, going, jumping through all the hoops and following all the COVID guidelines and keeping their employees and their customers protected. And then they're also looking at some relief on their water and sewer uh, late penalty fees. So they've got that before them tonight at six. And then um, after that, they're also going to talk about long-term economic goals and um, their SB 1090 funds, which is the money that is set aside from the CPUC. It's funded by ratepayers. Uh, throughout the PG&E service area, and each city gets a certain amount of money to prepare for the decommissioning of Diablo Canyon and the impact that that will have on the local economy and trying to replace those those jobs. So back to back council meetings for me. Yeah, so wow. not, not a lot going on, in other words. Okay, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll try to make up content for you, I guess. 
Uh, you are a wealth of knowledge. Thank you, Jocelyn. We geez, appreciate you. Geez. Well, it's good to see this council trying to help the businesses, and it's been great to see the community support for the business, the small businesses, local businesses. It's it's right. been it's been a pleasure. Well, yeah. and that's so. Those are two things. What one is seeing the local government uh, respond, heartening, if if there's if that's such a word, but because this I think so. yeah, this heartening is a word. So heartening must be a word. Um, but but if people aren't seeing the value in a chamber, now now is when you really see it because um, helping a city with economic development. And I don't know to what degree um, the chamber is involved with um, the programs that Rio Grande is putting forth tonight. But I imagine with the health and, and results that we're seeing in Grover Beach that other cities might be interested in chamber services sometimes. That would be cool. Yeah, we always say we're the boots on the ground, you know, so we're we're able to actually connect right away with the businesses and get out and get things implemented. So I'm sure whatever they decide on tonight that we'll be helping them with it in, in right. some way, shape, or form. And so is there still room tonight for, for businesses to call in and, and weigh in and, and kind of get their influence in there? Yeah, it's actually really easy to do. You don't have to, you know, go down to City Hall and, and sit there all night. Um, you can it's join. probably a Zoom call, right? It is a Zoom call. So you can join on sure. Zoom and they just put you like, you know, in a holding queue, basically. You can watch the meeting on Zoom and then when you want to provide your input, um, they unmute you and you have three minutes to just, you know, share your input. So I, I think the council would appreciate that, especially from businesses of what would actually be most helpful um, for them right now. Okay. as we you know anticipate hopefully this red tier uh coming soon and then you can always email the council as well or you can just call in and listen to the meeting and then same thing you can speak from your phone for that three minutes to provide input so it's pretty easy to do excellent excellent so i did i did want to ask about the the um buy local program in grover beach i, I get ah. this question a lot which is how many hundreds of dollars can i submit Yes, right now we are leaving it uncapped. So until the city, you know, tells me otherwise, we are, um, you know, we're letting you get $25 for every, or $25 gift card for every um, $100 spent. And also a lot of people think like, oh, do I have to, um, do I have to go like at one of the gift card locations like Nan's pre-owned books or Let's Wing It or Spin Do I have to go spend my $100 there? No. You just, the only parameters is it has to be in the retail, food and beverage, fitness, personal care service, or salon sector. So you can't turn in like your $100 gas receipt or your $100 mom's grocery receipt. But those are the only restrictions because it's aimed at helping those small business owners and those businesses that are locally owned. But the business, so, the business does need to sign up first, is that right? Or if they want to be the, if they want to be one of the gift card options. Okay. But but the other businesses don't even need to sign up. You just go in and you save your your receipt from you know that store that you went to. Um, if you go to Man Rock or Bittersweet or something like that, you just save right. your receipt and and then you send it Man to Rock. picture of it to us and you, you get your gift card in the mail. Perfect. So, Perfect. So is there a list on the website or anything? Yeah, like that? there okay. is. There's 15 yeah. businesses that you can choose to get a gift card from. Mm. Um, and we have we have great businesses on there, so there's a little something from for everyone. And you could give it as a gift to someone, the gift card, or you could come back and spend it, and maybe spend more than is on the gift card. So no right. matter what happens, it's good for the the local economy. Awesome. Yes. yes, and I will actually be submitting my first hundred dollars probably tomorrow. And I think I'm going to do it on video so that people can see how easy it is. Oh, good. I would love that. Yeah, it's, it's hard to get the message out to everyone, but it seems to be catching on. We're getting receipts every day. So Great. the other thing that's really popular is salons, because as Andrea can tell you, like usually when you go in to get your hair done, it's usually at least $100, you know, with tip and everything. Uh -huh. So the salons are really pushing it. And they, they're in a sector that's been really impacted. So I'm happy to see all these salon receipts coming up. Good. That's awesome. So who's the business of the month? Business of the month, yay. So, okay, this is just a, such an awesome story. So the February business of the month is the Pismo Beach Vet Clinic. Um, Joel and Sarah there give so much back to the community, to their employees. They're just a, a wonderful um, business. And then they just had a little baby boy named Jackson. So they're having, Aww. yeah, so I think this yesterday or day before. So congratulations to them. That's, That's awesome. Cool. Aww, babies. 
we have a COVID puppy, like a lot of people do. And um, uh, we had to take her to the vet, like the second week that we had her, we went to the emergency vet on a Friday night. And, you know, vets these days are weird because you got to sit in your car and you just kind of wait until they call you and then they come out. Anyways, they kept telling my wife there was emergencies coming in, you know, critical kind of stuff. And and our thing was not so critical. So it's going to be another four hours, another four hours, another four hours. So long story short. You sat four hours in the car? They kept saying it was going to be four hours. She waited for two. And then at about 9.59 p.m., uh, she got the idea to call, see if there's anywhere else. Pismo Vet Clinic was open at 9.59 and said, if you come right now, we'll wait for you. Oh, that's a great story. Yeah. So um, we could have been done at 2 or 3 a.m. instead of we were done at like 10.20 p.m. It was really nice. So um, they would definitely have a vote for me. So that's really and how's great. Puppy? Puppy's great. Yeah. Um, she's really sensitive to shots, apparently. She's a labradoodle for the folks at home. And uh, uh, the poodle side is very vocal about their displeasure with, with certain things. So um, she had gotten earlier that day, like some kind of booster shot and she was all sore. And basically she was just trying to tell if she was sore and um, needed the equivalent of some Advil, you know? So anyway, she got some Advil and the next day when it wore off, she cried at us again. And, um, but but the, the vet clinic took care of us, so we appreciated that. Yeah. Good. Well, the only other thing I wanted to add is that we do have a membership coffee on Thursday. So anyone who's interested in checking out the chamber, yeah. up at nine on Zoom, and uh, you just grab your coffee and then meet virtually, and you get to meet the chamber staff and some of the board members and network with other businesses if you want to join the chamber. I think Andrea was at one of those a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I was actually getting coffee and on my phone, and then I got to the office and zoomed back in, and I'm like, well, I got my coffee from Steaming Bean, and here I am. Yeah, look at I you. think I got five coffees that day for the office. Five coffees? Yeah. Wow. Not for me. Oh, for the not office. all for you. Just monsters. <sighs> we need to get them to sponsor us. <laughs> I'll work on that. No, but uh, seriously, the membership coffee, that's where, uh, I mean, we were members before, Gary and Taylor, we were, mem- we were members, and I went to, before times got really strange, I went to a membership coffee and found out what all the benefits were. And I think the next week I started going to meetings, not AA, other kind of meetings. And yeah, and uh, you know, and look at me now, right? So. <laughs> oh, now you're the boss. You need to rest you, right? <laughs> well, but no, I mean, seriously, it also, I mean, that gateway coffee, that membership coffee is a gateway to uh, a lot of great things. It is. And we want our members to get a return on their investment for their annual membership dues. And if you don't know what those benefits are, you're not, you're not going to use them. So we, we try to, and they're always changing. You know, when I came, we added a whole lot of new benefits, but then now because of COVID, we have a, a lot of additional benefits that are specific to this time that we're in. So we encourage our members to come, you know, hear about all the new, the new benefits and, and take advantage of them. So it's, it's hard to remember all of it. Yeah, After yeah, yeah. Year, you so. don't know what a chamber is for. You show up there, and and it's kind of mind blowing all the different things. And, and then the people behind the scenes, the, the Leahs and the Hollies of the world, the things that they do, uh, amazing. So they just, are yeah. the dream team for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. And don't get me started on the ambassadors too. So, <laughs> they're, they're all amazing. They're amazing. Well, so, yeah. Uh, From experience, my first time, I was like totally impressed and connected with so many people and messaged a lot of people after that. So it was, it was a good experience. So thank you for hosting them. Yeah, it's fun. We enjoy it. Well, Jocelyn, we know you don't have much else to do, but thank you for sharing a little bit of time with us today. Uh, hey, we, we appreciate it as always. Yes, thank you. And I'll come back with an update on those, those city council meetings. Thank you, Jocelyn. Awesome. Okay, so uh, that symbol right there, South County Chambers of Commerce, is my sign that it's time to introduce our guest. Really excited to have this guest today. First of all, you see the email address on the screen, the phone number, if you want to ask us a question live. Um, it will be the first time it ever happens to us, so I don't know quite how we'll react. But uh, I want to welcome I today, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that come with a big story and a big bio and um, Jeff Buckingham with Digital West certainly is one of those people. But let me just 
I'll condense down to a few things that I've heard um, from people that work with Jeff, people that have worked for Jeff. Uh, one, pioneer in telecommunications. Two, practically brought the internet or the internet as we know it to Cal Poly and San Luis Obispo and maybe the whole Central Coast. I don't know. We'll get more on that. And and three, uh, and this is one of the things I love. I don't, you probably can't see all the books that I have back there, but most of them are about leadership. And I hear that he's basically the penultimate leader and, uh, and always great to have uh, someone that takes that role really seriously uh, here on the show. And so, uh, yeah, we welcome today, uh, Jeff Buckingham, um, I believe president and CEO at, at Digital West. Jeff, how are you doing? Good, good, Ron, thank you. It's good to yeah. be here. Did I get any of that wrong? Well, I'm the president and Tim Williams is the CEO. Tim Tim is the is the CEO and founder of Digital West. A few years ago we joined forces um, with our company Norcast right. and Digital West to kind of come together. We had always worked together through mm-hmm. the years. So a lot of times people kind of thought we were all in the same company anyway, but we made it official. Excellent. Sorry for that slight there, Tim. But uh I Thank you to Digital West for lending us their fearless leader today. Uh, we appreciate your time. And um, I'm going to start with just the, the, the question that needs to be asked. Um, we have fiber optic and we have fast internet here today. And maybe that wasn't the case in the late 90s. Can you tell us what happened and how you were involved? Well, you know, when the internet started to come on the scene, of course, it had been around for many years as kind of a military government uh, project. But when it started to come on the scene in the early 90s, uh, it was actually kind of funny. Uh, I had a CompuServe account and an AOL account, and mm-hmm. you know we were providing um, long-distance telephone services, a company called Call America back then. And uh, I went to L.A. with a friend of mine, and we visited a company called Quarterdeck, and they had licensed the Mosaic browser and were attempting to build their own browser and compete with Netscape. And so I saw a, uh, you know, a graphical interface on the internet for the first time. Right. And it blew my mind. And as we were flying back, I, w- I was flying with a friend of mine who some of you may know, a gentleman named King Lee. And uh, King and I were on the, uh, Plane and and I said, man, somebody's got to bring that internet to San Luis Obispo. We got it. What are we going to do? And then kind of along the plane flight and the discussion, we kind of went, well, I guess Call America is pretty well positioned to work on that. And so we uh, went over to Cal Poly and kind of knocked on the door and said, hey, you guys have that internet thing in there? How, how you know? They said, yeah. And we said, well, we're trying to figure out how to get it out to the community. And they they said, well, you know, we ought to do that. That's a good idea. And yeah. so we had a, we had a group, um, Joanne Mercier, who still works with me today at Digital West, and uh, uh, Steve McCartney, who lives up in Oregon now. And I would go over to meet with Norm Johnson at uh, Cal Poly, who kind of ran the IT department over there at the time. And we crafted how we would create an ISP, uh, Internet Service Provider, and serve customers on the Central Coast. And it was a, you know, for any of us who were around during that time, everything was turning upside down. Nobody knew what internet was. Nobody knew what an email was. Yeah. So we had to figure out how to train people. Um, and what we would actually do at that time, there was a, an organization called SlowNet yeah. uh, that was designed as kind of a free net. Uh, so we actually helped foster the start of technically what was kind of a competitor to us offering internet to individuals in training and hmm. that the vestiges of SlowNet um, are now part of KCBX public radio. So we had, uh, we had a lot of fun back then uh, yeah. working with chamber of commerce at Cal Poly and a group called soft tech, which is still uh, still serve on the board of in this area, trying to help educate people because you know, we had an internet finally, but nobody knew what to do with it. Well, I can tell you some people that were figuring it out. I, I, I'm going to date myself here. I entered the dorms at Cal Poly in 1997, which yeah. 
was the first year that the dorms had high speed internet and yep. um we were connected to each other we had like a local area network right yeah and um uh, south park was just starting so um the south park <laughs> spirit of christmas the thing that they showed at some uh um uh, film festival they got the whole show started that was being you know traded from computer to computer um in our dorm and then people were um i mean napster was just coming out oh yeah the the sharing of music was great yeah. sharing of music was insane and um a whole new world um especially for me i i just moved here from from nashville tennessee which today you would think i mean you wouldn't know this probably andrea but it's a fiber optic hub now but yeah. Um, back then, uh, I grew up in AOL, baby. So um, my, my, first, my first email address was what the crap at AOL.com. <laughs> <laughs> mine, mine was Ammer 310 because it was for call. It was some variation on Call America. Oh yeah. And back when, you know, when a company would have one email address. As a matter of fact, there's kind of a funny story that we were at a San Luis Chamber board retreat, and we were putting up ideas on the, on the wall. And I put up the idea that every employee at the chamber should have their own separate email address. Whoa. And that makes sense. Well, people kind of laughed about that and right. laughing a little bit at ourselves because it seemed like a little bit of a crazy idea, but after thinking about it for a couple of minutes, it was of course what we needed to do, you know, cause we were shifting to going away from there being one email for a whole company or one computer for a whole company and all that to oh, yeah. everybody having their own email. But that led to, uh, you know, Tim Williams, who I met at the time, you know, he was actually working at FixNet, which was a local ISP, mm -hmm. kind of managed that business, and then later went off on his own to start Digital West. Uh, it started as a hosting and email provider, also provided some internet service pre-DSL. There was a technology called uh, ISDN, uh, right. Integrated Service Digital Network that was used pre-DSL to provide always-on internet, mostly to businesses, sometimes to, to right. geeks. Am I right. thinking of something, a different technology? I think that um, radio stations and such used to use that for their... Yeah. Radio stations would use it because you could dial up and get a digital right. a digital connection, um, and it was and that, and that was how you could have a, a higher quality broadcast. And then you know, and that kind of what led us to fast forwarding today to to deploying the fiber network uh, throughout the Central Coast, and that's that's really what we've been focused on, you know, in the in the years. The well, personally, recently. I think I have like six email addresses. Just that come into my phone, and I mean, without the technology of where we are now from then, yeah, whoa. And I, I don't mean to interrupt, but um, our producer is letting us know that we have a caller in, and this is the first time we've ever had one, so is this a good time to accept it? I don't know. Yeah, you guys let's, tell me. Let's, You're in let's charge. Let's take a call. Let's see who it is. I don't know. Okay. I don't know how to do this. Fred, patch them in. Hello? Seems like a good way to create dead air. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Michelle. Hi. hi. Hey. Um, so no. I yes. Hi, Michelle. So I have a question about um, Digital West services for businesses um, because I you know I do have a business and. Um, you know, there's the big kind of, I don't want to mention the big kahuna <laughs> that's around here that provides internet service. Um, but I was wondering what your uh, internet service, uh, what, what you like to say are your um, advantages over the, maybe the big kahuna that's in the area um, for businesses, you know, what, what, what are the things that they say they really love about using or having you as a provider rather than somebody else? Right. No, thank you. And, um, Michelle, like, I, I think for many local businesses, one of our biggest advantages is having a team here 
in the community to serve our customers. And, you know, that, that's, that's something that people on the Central Coast Center really appreciate. And, you know, people are familiar with landmarks and often each other, like, it, you know, in our, our support center, people are calling in, they're often talking to people on our team who've known these customers for years and years and years. So I think that's one of the factors. Uh, more on the technological side with our fiber optic service, you know, we offer what we call cheetah fast internet. We use the cheetah uh, fastest land animal as kind of a, our, our analogy for our, uh, right. for our fiber internet service. Checks out. Yeah. And so we, we offer, you know, super fast internet at reasonable prices and with local support. And I think that's, you know, that's kind of the combination that people seem to really like. Yeah. I might need to put you yeah, in so touch with my county manager. <laughs> the business here is, Not I, I keep getting glitchy. I don't, I don't know if anybody else can see that, but. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, and Michelle, I didn't mean to interrupt. You have been pixelated kind no, of going okay. back and forth. Oh, we did do that. It's been like yeah. this since day one. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but right now, really the, the focus now, you know, we just did a an announced that we joined forces with a company called Wave Broadband, so that we can really fund the growth of the fiber network throughout the Central Coast and this kind of Central Coast region. And so that's our focus right now is to is to plan, you know, and keeping in mind that every fiber build is a construction project. Right. And if anybody's ever done, you know, built a house or you know remodeled a, your your kitchen or anything like that. Every fiber build is kind of like that. So there's unforeseen things you have to work through and everything. So it takes quite a bit of planning. And so we're in the process of planning fiber builds throughout Central Coast now. Um, and we're really excited about that because that, that's been something that held us back for a long time was, you know, it's very expensive to build fiber and it's tough to finance. So this partnership is really going to allow us to be able to build a lot more fiber on the Central Coast. Yeah. So when you um, were on the plane back here talking about getting this internet, were you fresh? Did you just meet with Al Gore? Did he implemented it? We were very high on Al Gore and Bill Clinton from the business side ah. um, because that, you know, they really fostered the telecom act which passed in 1996, which really opened up competition in telecommunications right. and, and fostered a tremendous growth. Um, it really, if you look at what happened from the Telecom Act in 1996, which we just had the anniversary of recently, it really not, it changed more than the United States. It changed the world um, because telecom monopolies had kind of been the rule, not the exception. Yeah. And it kind of, that telecom act kind of broke the back of the monopolies and really opened the door for uh, competition or customer focus uh, throughout the industry. I can remember at that time, think, um, you know, it was the first antitrust kind of stuff I'd ever remembered seeing in Congress or whatever. Right. And that, uh, um, you know, Ma and Pa Bell were being busted up or split up. That yeah. was, uh, well, that, yeah. that was when yeah, I, well, got, I do want to thank our caller um, who, who yeah. has been notified as left. Thank you, Michelle, for calling. Thank you, yeah, thank you, Michelle. Does that answer your question? Well, too late. She's gone. She's gone. So I oh, but the, you know, I got my, I actually started in telecom in September 1983, mm-hmm. and the actual divestiture of AT&T was January 1st, 1984. Well, and, that's when I was born. Yeah. So we were. Technically, before ni- before 1984, you weren't allowed to be in the long distance telephone business. Okay. So we we were in a little bit before you were technically allowed to, and then we were actually on the list of the first 13 companies that were approved in the state of California to provide competitive long distance service. And um, wow. that's how we got started in San Luis Obispo. Yeah. You know, um, I remember our our first customer was A and J Refrigeration. Because when I, I, you know, I was 25 years old, where I opened the phone book, and that was the first business in the phone book. And I called up and said, would you like to save some money on long distance? And a gentleman named Al Whiten, who mm-hmm. started that company, he's not with us anymore, but a wonderful gentleman, 
yeah. uh, answered the phone, said, yeah, let's do it, you know. That's awesome, because usually you hear 10 no's before you hear a yes, so thank yeah, you, we, Al. <laughs> we didn't hear a whole lot of no's back then, which was kind of fun. We were kind of riding that competitive wave. And, yeah. it's, and it's similar now with the fiber that um, people are excited about having that kind of bandwidth. And so uh, it, in, it's, in the beginning, we were saving money on long distance. So that was a little bit easier. Typically with fiber, we're not necessarily always saving people money, although sometimes we are, but we're providing a lot more bandwidth and people tend to really like that. Right. Right. Especially now, when there's so many people working from home and kids working from schooling well, from home. Huge, and I did want to talk about that. So maybe in in the same breath here, we can talk about how you're positioning us to reimagine work as we have in the last year and continue to do so. But also, how does how does fiber com- compare or compete with 5G and the Internet of Things? I mean, is that well. Something you guys are up against or working yeah. with? Well, 5G depends on fiber. Okay. You know, 5G allows uh, greater speeds of, on wireless uh, service. Mm-hmm. But the way that you accomplish that is you run a lot more fiber to a lot more parts of town to have a lot more towers yeah. to pro- provide that 5G service. So uh, 5G service is is actually powered by fiber. And one of the things that our new partners at Wave do is we, you know, we build fiber optic networks to support the wireless industry, uh, which enables 5G or will enable 5G to be deployed eventually in this area. Well, that's, that's awesome. So then when we saw the boat off our shores for like a month uh, from Singapore, Did you guys have anything to do with that, or you just commissioned some of the power that comes with that? Well, not specifically, but that uh, that boat was laying an undersea cable to land at the Grover Beach Cable Landing Station, right. and um, so that is for international communications. We provide are essentially working to provide some connectivity where companies would use our network to get connected to those cables. You know, this area has a, a high number of undersea cables right. uh, running out of Morro Bay, Los Osos, and Grover Beach. So yeah. uh, that that's something that, um, although most people here on the Central Coast don't use a lot of that service themselves, we're kind of a way station for international uh, connectivity on the fiber optic networks. Yeah, so that that's interesting because um, Pacific Landing is a company that I'm familiar with that brought at least one of those connections. Uh, there was a project that I was working on over at the, at the uh, Grover Beach area, that, that state parks area there. And um, so I know they're involved with bringing some of the fiber over and um, I don't know what happens after they bring it over, who's supposed to take care of it, and what happens after that. Yeah. It basically gets connected and whistles through to all other parts of the country is really what happens to it. Um, the The real frontier for fiber connectivity is what we refer to as the last mile. So it's there's a ton of fiber connecting San Luis Obispo, Arroyo Grande, you know, other cities. Up, you know, up and down California, throughout California. Right. What we are missing is that last mile to deliver the fiber directly to your home or business. Mm-hmm. And that's the part, uh, most of our focus is on business connectivity. Mm-hmm. We, we do have a project in uh, Santa Paula, uh, uh, a development called Limonera, uh, where we're running fiber to the home to 1,500 homes. And we are certainly interested in working with developers in this area who want to build houses. It, it actually makes a lot more sense to connect fiber to the home when you're building new houses. Yeah. The economics um, to existing housing is challenging because if you build fiber down a street, you 
you've got to get people on that street to buy the service or the whole equation doesn't work very well. And a lot of residential folks, in spite of the fact people say they want bandwidth, what our, what our friends in the industry tell us is when you build down an existing street, it can be a little bit of a challenge to get people at, at their residences to sign up for service. Yeah, well, it's very similar in my mind to if you're in, say, in the Pomo Community Services District and right. you have a well that provides you some water, but um, maybe you don't want to take care of that well forever. and Maybe you want to connect to the city, uh, you know, the pipe in the street, right? Right. So, and, and I think right now what folks might be seeing is Andrea and I are uh, not purposely uh, giving you a really good example of why they may want to use Digital West <laughs> as compared to a competitor of some sort that's providing our internet. We're a little bit pixelated. Right. Uh, our I am more than you. Well, I think it's every time I move, I just can't move. <laughs> the big difference between fiber and say most kind of consumer grade connectivity are the symmetrical speeds. So okay. for example, when we deliver fiber, it's typically the same speed up and down. So for example, it, our standard fiber optic connection is 200 megs down and 200 megs up. Right. Where a, a typical a consumer grade connection might be 200 megs down and 20 megs up. So at your home, if you're downloading, you know, uh, television programming and music and other things, that actually works great. Right. But if you get in a situation where you're trying to send a lot of information, yeah. which especially during COVID with a lot of businesses and you want that, you need that upload. Um, that's something that consumer grade services generally don't support very well. And that's kind of the, the, uh, sweet spot for fiber. That's where people say, hey, I, I now need uh, what we refer to as an enterprise connection, uh, enterprise-grade connection, which once you have that symmetrical speed, now you can do a lot more. For example, if you're going to link two offices together, you need to be able to send as much information as you receive. Or yeah. uh, when people are working remotely, this is what's come up for a lot of businesses, they had to upgrade to fiber connections because when their employees are working remotely, the uh, you know if they need to send information to the employees working remotely, now they're limited by that. They're capped on that upload speed right. on their consumer grade connections, and that's where fiber really comes in uh, as a more critical tool. Yes, and, and and so that ties into my question, and, and you know just for a little bit of perspective. What we are trying to do on the show is to talk to businesses and leaders that are that are helping or doing some good. And I think this is really one of the ways that your company has um, done a lot of good for everybody around here. And I, and I think shining a little bit of a light on the future of what that looks like. I mean, me personally, I'm in Arroyo Grande right now. I live in Grover Beach. I know that you have a partnership with Grover Beach to provide, you know, high-speed internet. Uh, maybe it might be subsidized. I'm not sure, but to businesses and such. So on the personal side, I'm wondering when's that going to get to home? And then over here in Arroyo Grande, I'm wondering when's it going to get to businesses in Arroyo Grande? Right. Or Pismo. Yeah. Okay. Well, and we actually have our fiber network in Pismo. Okay. Um, and we have we have some of the hotels on our fiber network, and so. Um, that is something we're we're actively working on and have in place. In Grover, we have some we have some businesses online now, and we're working on plans uh, to see how we can you know how we can deploy. Mm -hmm. It's complicated to roll out to a bunch of existing homes for the reasons I talked about before. Right. And so we're we're working on designs that can actually make sense. Um, we need to have designs that'll work for the take rates. Mm -hmm. that would normally be expected because surprisingly enough if you run fiber into an existing neighborhood you know if you get 20 to 30 percent of the people to sign up for the fiber uh that's considered really a high percentage and many neighborhoods where people build in you know companies build in fiber they might only get say a 10 percent take rate and so makes it hard 
to make the whole equation work. So we, we're trying to come up with designs that'll actually allow us to work. And we have been connecting businesses in Grover Beach. There are a number of businesses down you know, in, the, in the city of Grover itself, all connected to the fiber network, which is working really, really well. Yeah. In fact, I think as part of their economic development package, they're able to attract some businesses and recruit more because of what you guys are being able to provide there. So that's, Yeah. That's, and, uh, and Grover Beach oh. is a very progressive city and yeah. a really wonderful group to work with. And, you know, Grover Beach is clearly a city that's open for business. Right. And anybody who's done any business with Grover Beach can clearly see that. Okay. So I have a naive lawn question. Yeah. Just real quick. What's like the installation process? Like, how long does it take? Where does it go? Does it hang from the ceiling? Does it go in the walls? Give a box. I want to know everything. I need a picture. Well, and typically the installation for fiber, once it's once it comes to your building, you know, if it's, for example, if you're in a building that had three businesses in it and there was fiber in that building, turning it on is essentially this, as simple as typing a few things into the router to turn on service to that suite. To bring the fiber to the building, it's done in a couple of different ways. If there are telephone poles in that vicinity of town, it's less expensive to bring fiber in using the poles. And so any of the telecommunications providers can lease space on the poles, run our fiber on the pole, and then we would either run it down the side of the pole into a conduit to, to the building, or in some cases you can run what we call a drop where you hang a wire from the pole over to the to the building and then typically you connect that fiber to the area of the building where the telecommunications comes in which we telecom geeks call a minimum point of entry or mpo so oh. we walk around telecom people we we talk in acronyms and nobody knows what we're talking about but we do so we, we run the fiber to the minimum point of entry of that building, whether it's a, a home or a business. Mm-hmm. A lot of homes, the minimum point of entry is a plastic box on the outside of the house. Okay. And so, uh, you know, you actually bring the fiber to the home or business. You run it into the building, connect it into a uh, an electronic device that converts the fiber optic signal into Ethernet, mm-hmm. which Ethernet is what we use to transport the internet. Gotcha. Okay, I have one I more question. I hope that wasn't too, too much gobbledygook, but. No, 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 no. I just, my brain is a visual thing, so no. you explained that very well. Thank you. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your um, rooster, Ken? How's he doing? Well, Ken is no longer with us. Oh, um, oh way to uh, bring that up. Jeez. Oh, yeah. where did he we, go? Well, all um, Ken's gone to heaven kind of thing? He, well, we don't know for sure. Um, <laughs> Big ranch in the sky. Yeah. Um, Andrew's referring to Ken, a rooster who uh, had a lot of social media contact <laughs> years back. He, he, he actually, I found Ken at a rotary event in San Luis Obispo, I, we went to deliver Christmas items to um, a retirement home and Ken was walking around in the front yard and I picked him up and brought him inside for some of the residents to pet and they enjoyed petting him and everything. And they, somebody said, can you get that rooster out of here? He's always hanging around. We don't know what to do with him. <laughs> so I put him in a box and cut a hole in the top so it's only his head would stick out. So it was a file box you know, that you'd find in any office. And I walked out to the pickup truck where my wife and children were, and I saw three heads going like this. Back and forth, like, no, no more roosters. And so we brought him home, and he, he was nice for the first few days, and then he started attacking everybody. And he would, while I was trying to start one of the companies from my house, he would sit on the porch with the awning over you know the roof of the porch and he would crow and it was so loud <laughs> if the window was open people i'd be talking to on the phone would say is that rooster in your house or in your <laughs> office so, anyway 
he got a little full of himself, attacked my wife too many times, and he was oh. wild. Oh. So we, we took him up the hill on the ranch and to an area we call the, the uh, Magic Forest. And I saw him for a few weeks after that. He was he lost a little bit of weight. We put we did put food up there for him and stuff. And he oh. was I'd see him roosting in the oak trees and stuff. And then at some point, I didn't see him anymore. Oh, well, he's so, probably moved on. And you he, know, yeah, he, it was he a good be, run. Who knows where he is? But he's uh, on another porch to uh, to grow at. But uh, I saw the YouTube video today. Ron sent it. <laughs> yeah, I I. <laughs> it's a kind of a joke in our family because I had a rooster growing up named Macbeth, and he taught me how to crow like a rooster. And Would you like to demonstrate? We started a company, you know, <laughs> later we started a company called Blue Rooster Telecom, and um, when Mary Verdin suggested that name, I laughed and I said, did you know I had a rooster when I was growing up, and when I get wound up, especially when other people are drinking, you know, um, I crow like a rooster and all, and, and she said, I didn't even know that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, well, well, that's that story. Right. Thank you. Well, and, and, and Michelle says, "Don't bring up uh, Verdin right now." But that I'm just kidding. Mary, but, uh, we love you. We, love you. <laughs> we all we often use uh, we we use we're animal lovers, and yeah, we have da- Daisy the cow, who we sometimes uh, paint spots on her to make her look like a cheetah and we'll bring her to events. And so people can have her picture taken with a real life cheetah. Wow. Can you bring her to our office? Cause that sounds like a good time. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but connected to cheetah. I, I found out today, my, my, my daughter's in virtual kindergarten, you know, and she's at ocean view elementary. So I found out today is the Cougars. Oh yeah. I, I don't know why an elementary school even needs a mascot, but. Every cool. school needs a mascot. Okay. Well, they right. show up at games. We well, have they're a lot they're doing a virtual um, uh, yearbook, which that's the only reason that I know. They're I hope they're all wearing masks. We have a lot of fun with our game camera, and the the lions walk by the game camera, and then we post them out on social media. And uh, it's kind of fun to have been walking in an area like an hour before, and then, you know, it's sun starts to go down all of a sudden you hear a little bing bing on your phone and you look yeah. and there was there's a lion walking by where you were just wait you have a lion at your ranch in Los yeah, at your game camera so is that Los yeah and you have lions? Oh, lions all over the place oh yeah there's mountain lions that yeah, like they're they're watching oh, yeah. you okay. they might be watching you right now I just thought about Mustafa from the yeah, lion I was thinking about Simba for some reason you know, they, I think with the lions, they let us live here. You know, they, they, nice they don't have to live friends. Us, but they do. Right. Yeah, they, as long as we don't bother them. <laughs> yeah. We don't, yeah. Well, hey. well they, we're unthankful. They let us run cattle. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's and then you've got them on camera, and unless something happens, you know, who did it? Yeah. That's pretty cool. I, I, I just end up seeing the Amazon delivery guy on my camera. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's a good... There's there are a lot of connections between agriculture and the telecommunications business. There, just like there are a lot of people in construction who have agricultural backgrounds. There are quite actually quite a few people that we've run into in the telecommunications world who have connections to agriculture. And uh, you know, I I kind of like to say that building a fiber optic network in a lot of ways is kind of like building a fence. Why is that? As long as it's a white picket one, I'm good with that. You know, because you're running wire and you're, you know, working, you have to engineer it, work it out. It's you know, certainly building a fiber network is more complicated and more specific than building a fence. But, you know, running it on poles is similar to posts. It's, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of analogies there. So it, there are a lot of connection. I've, I've had a lot of friends in telecom who've had ag backgrounds and who have kind of dual lives in ag and telecom. Well, I buy that. I, I, I do know, you know, being a guy that works in underground utilities quite a bit, um, it is expensive to cut one of those uh, fiber optic lines. I don't recommend anybody ever do that. Have right. you done it? No, but I, I have seen a bill for somebody <laughs> who did, and it was like a lot of money per minute. It was not we've, good. We've produced a few of those bills. Oh, um, scary. Yeah, because we've had, you know, 
we do have times when somebody contracting will cut a you know cut a fiber cable and yeah. it disrupts people's service and oh, yeah. right. and and then they get to pay the bill for all the costs that they incur. Yeah. 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 The, well, hey, you've been extremely generous with your time and, and so have our producers. They've let us go really long today. And I think that's because um, it's a measurement of the guests that we have today. We have a really excellent guest. A lot of I think her. So, yeah. Yeah. Jeff, you've been awesome. So we end every show with a toast, as I think you know. Um, yes. And you're, you're welcome to toast oh. along with us. There you go. That looks like a good choice. And, it does. Bubbles are great. Yeah. Yeah. Pop. And, uh, I mean, this is the end of the show. It wouldn't be the best Coast Business Toast without it. So we, we raise a glass. And, uh, Jeff, obviously, thank you for sharing your time with us today. Um, you know, just cheers and hopes that the things that you've been doing in the community for this long, the innovation that you've shown, that you continue to do so, and that people will continue to come to this area and be the innovators and be just these outside-the-box thinkers. Um, it's so great. And um, that that you guys can continue your growth story and that the people, by the way, I, I hear that 90% of the people there would attribute the reason, the, one of the main reasons they're there is because of Mr. Jeff Buckingham. That is a quote that I got from somebody. Aww. I think there's a lot of other people here. Well, I would say so there's about five are... people that you need to go talk to. The rest of them, I think, good. There's, there's, uh, there's 50 of us here at Digital West and uh, yeah. Yeah. there's, there's a lot of impressive people on this team, I'll tell you, and uh, welcome anybody to get to know any of us. Right. Well, thank you for all your knowledge, and thank you for all that you do, and we appreciate you, and thank you for being our guest. Yeah. All right. Thank and, you for inviting me. 5G. I didn't realize that. 5G furnished by Fiber Connection. Thanks so much for being here. Salute. Salute. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. And we're out. Are you sure? Well, I mean. Thank you, Jeff. You did amazing. That was great, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you, everybody.